This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Hey there, welcome to The Garden Show on Zoomer Radio. I'm Dean Holland here in studio in Liberty Village yeah, at the Zoomerplex with Charlie Dobbin. How are you this morning, Charlie? Good morning. I'm wonderful. Yeah. Nice to see you in person as opposed to a little tiny, tiny square on my screen. It is very, very nice. That's right. I'll tell you, I went through all sorts of uh, all sorts of different weather on the way down. I bet I you say, did. Clear up in Collingwood, and then on the way down, hit some little bit of you know rain, and then all of a sudden it just started to just come down. Just past the Holland Marsh. Like snow uh, well, or rain. It was rain, but it was oh. heavy, heavy, like the windshield wipers on full. Yeah, and then it just eased up again, and here we are. It's, so, yeah. it's gray. It's overcast here, but it it's is. not wet. But it doesn't feel gray because not I'm here all. in studio with you. <laughs> it's April. And it is April, yeah. It's my month. Those April showers that come your way. I'm going to give those numbers out yeah, before. I know you've got some announcements to make. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, we'd love for you to call with any questions you have for Charlie. Uh, 416-360-0740 if you are in Toronto or anywhere else in the province of Ontario. It's a toll-free call, one 866 Uh, Of course, if you are a first-time caller, please let Carlos know, and we will... Whoa. Give you your hefty wings. garden yes, wings. That's right. yes. We're not talking little fairy no, no, wings no. here. These are, these are <laughs> like, hefty garden know, wings. Heron or hawk wings. <laughs> you got it. It's good and for seeing your garden, though. It's that idea of just getting that different perspective. Bird's eye view. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. That's why you and, need the wings. Uh, and, of course, the mantra, you know, call early, call often, and please, please, one question per call. <laughs> you can keep saying that, yeah. but, you know. Yeah, I know. Uh, they, I know they try and sneak them in. <laughs> they do. And then I should have a whole other, aside from the bell, I should have the woo woo. <laughs> pull over, pull over. That are, you know, a cane and just grab yeah. them by the neck. Yeah. Pull them off. Uh, okay, a couple of things coming up because it is spring. We're all excited. Mm-hmm. Spring is in the air. I understand there are some double-digit temperatures coming this week. I have heard which that. Which I hope doesn't... Like, I like a long, cool spring rather than a one-day spring and then straight into summer. Right. That so is I'm, better for the flowers, isn't oh, it? Oh, well, it's better, for, yeah, to enjoy them. Well, yeah. it, it prolongs the flowering. Okay. And it's been so cold. I mean, the crocuses are barely up in my place, much less any of the other yeah. bulbs. I, same so, with mine. Yeah, yeah. There, there's still we haven't seen any flowers yet. Lots of little heads Green poking bits. out. It, they're close, Noses, but yeah, yeah, not yet. But of course, the hort societies are big and you know making it happen. So if you have time and it's dark and you been out day, all day in your garden and you need a break, <laughs> then sit down. There are some opportunities to get involved. The Pickering Garden and Horticultural Society will be meeting via Zoom. So of course that. Oh, sorry. Hold on. Tuesday April does say Zoom. Zoom meeting, Tuesday, April 12th at 7 p.m. Yeah. Sorry, I'm just quickly... That's Pickering. Oh, I'm sorry. That's why I'm confused. So Pickering Garden and Hort Society, Zooming on Tuesday, April 12th. If you would like to join in on that Zoom event, just go to pickeringgardenclubinfo at gmail.com. You'll get the link and you can join in to the group. And it's all actually about spirituality and mindfulness and how to really get that out of the garden. Yeah. 
Meanwhile, the Agent Court Garden Club is meeting this Monday in person, 7.30 p.m., Knox United Christian Education Centre. Marie Thompson presenting Darling Dahlias. Lots of good desserts, so if you like your desserts, head on down to that one. Again, everyone is welcome. The Riverdale Hort Society meeting April 13th with Sean James. We love Sean James. He's just the best. He's an, he's like he's like nature boy. It's okay. like he was raised by wolves. <laughs> you know, you can't you can't take him anywhere, anywhere, urban, rural, suburban, and he'll go, Oh look, there's a and he's down on his hands and knees really? going, Look, there's a and look there's a oh, and I he wanna... knows all the Latin names. Like I want to meet him. Oh, yeah. I just want to hit him sometimes, but he's so he's so good. He's really smart. Just got to punch a guy like that right in the face. Except <laughs> I invite him to my house pretty regularly so he can walk around with me. Yeah, yeah. And explain. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Sean. So he's <laughs> totally worth checking out. Uh, this is a Zoom event, so of course you can stay at home, be comfortable, listen to Sean. He is going to be talking about xeriscaping. So oh, that's okay. <clears throat> gardening design for... Uh, extreme drought. So for the changing conditions, yeah. uh, he does design rain gardens, and rain gardens are designed to hold the rain. I better okay. hurry up here because I've got one or two more. So the Zoom yeah. event with Riverdale is 7 o'clock. As I mentioned, it is April 13th. You want to get in on that, send, or just go to the, um, again, send an email, info at riverdalehorticultural.ca. And then my final event coming up, and this is an in. Oh, I was going to say it's an in-person. Nope, it's a Zoom again. The Leeside Garden Society. First time we've heard from them. They want to let everybody know they have a speaker series going on. Their April a speaker is Anna Leggett. She is brilliant. Uh, she knows an awful lot about gardens. She's been, like me, sort of in the gardens since yeah, she yeah. was a child. And... Uh, yeah, she's had a long, long history of working in gardening. So she is speaking on container gardening, April the 14th, 7 p.m. Everyone is welcome. If you'd like to jump in on this Zoom meeting, it's just email leeside at gardenontario.org. Okay, and with that, we are going to take a break, and then we will be right back with callers. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Yes, we are back. Dean Holland with you. And I am getting just darn giddy every time I hear that <laughs> list of flowers giddy. that he goes, because I know they're all coming. It's good. True, true. Yeah. Charlie Dobbin, what do you... you... I, I just wanted to remind any, anyone who's listening, obviously you can hear us on your radio, but if you are having trouble with the AM signal, you can always go to your computer, go to AM740, uh, which is, I think, zoomerradio.ca, yes. listen live, and you'll see us. Yep. If you li- listen... Listen on the web, you'll see us on yes, the web. Yes, because Moses Neimer loves his, his little television cameras everywhere. And so, we are here in studio, so we, the cameras yeah, are on us. On us, absolutely. Uh-huh. Okay, we're going to go to our first caller. We have um, yeah, we have Hillary calling from, from Waterdown. Good morning, Hillary. Welcome to the show. Good morning, guys. Good morning. What do you got for Charlie there? Um, hi, Charlie. I just, I'm experimenting this year. I would like to do um, plant seeds. I bought the packets of wildflower seeds. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yes. And? Hello? I'm here. Can you hear me? Uh, Just about, but I can hear someone else talking as well. I know. I can hear something. Do you have a radio on? No, I don't. Oh, 
That is a bit weird. Anyway, you got wildflower seeds, so what are you wondering? How and when to plant? Yeah, I've already put down about seven bags of seven bags of triple mix sort of in pre- preparation. Okay. And I thought because I feed the birds, um, should I be putting I have a whole roll of like the small netting um to put down. Would it be good to put that down after I plant them? To keep the birds from eating the seeds? Yeah. I wouldn't. I mean, you could, but I probably wouldn't bother. Okay. As you recognize, get the triple mix down, prepare the seed bed. So don't just put triple mix on top of the lawn or wherever you're, you know, make sure this is going on to clear earth. Weeds have been removed. There's no growth. The triple mix is a good idea because that will provide that seed bed. So you're going to rake it nice and level, break up any of the chunks of soil that came out of the bag. So the whole thing is what we call fine, a fine tilth. So it's just a beautiful seed bed, then you're going to broadcast your seeds. <laughs> I just saw Dean just went, woo! That's a good word. Um, so broadcast the seeds evenly over the surface of the soil and then very lightly rake them with a fan rake so yes. that they're just under the surface. And I think the seed, the wildflower package will tell you the same thing. Do it yes. just before a rain and then, of course, you'll have to maintain moisture on the seed bed until you've got good germination. So that could be a couple of weeks depending on the yeah. temperatures, et cetera, et cetera. But, um, but great idea. Wildflower gardens, all the trend. Support the pollinators, you know, bring in the butterflies. Uh, yeah. Ladybugs, I, I, all that. How, how, um, like, do I sprinkle the soil then on top of the seed as well? How deep would I do that? I think on your package it'll tell you to barely cover the seeds. So no, yeah. do not sprinkle soil on top because that will be too much soil. Put okay. all your soil out, rake it level, broadcast your seeds and lightly rake it with that fan rake which will just lightly cover the seeds okay Okay. and i'm i'm just um it says after the last after the last uh ground frost so would it be advisable Mm. to sort of do it now or wait a couple of weeks no no you could do it now do it based on the weather do it so that rain is in the forecast okay Okay, that's great Great. okay thank you very much yeah. All right, we want to hear more about that. Call us in a month or so. Okay. Thank, <laughs> thanks so much, Hillary. So, okay, uh, tilth. Wow, $5 word. If I yeah, ever heard one. Cool, I love eh? what they call $5 word. Don't hear the word tilth very often. Not very often, no. <laughs> I, love, I looked it up. You were the, oh, it's, it's a cultivation of land, tillage. Tillage. Yes, but a fine tilth is a... Tilth? It means you've, you've tilled it so that you've got a fine tilth. So that, yeah, it's a noun versus an adjective. Yeah. So you've got the... Tilth, tilth. Is, is just perfect. Like it's just all the same. Like you want your particles of your soil particles to be roughly all the same okay. size. And well, I love level. the word. I know. One other question before Very we go to yeah, before we go to break. Mm. Uh, triple mix. Yeah. What exactly? Why do we call it a triple mix? If it was truly triple mix, which it sometimes is, it's supposed to be one third peat moss, one third topsoil, and one third manure. That's the original triple mix. Triple mix. However, <laughs> there's a lot of triple mix out there. That is not those three things, but they still call it triple mix. So do your research. Okay. Again, the numbers. Give us a call. We're going to, is uh, anywhere in Toronto, 416-360-0740 or toll free anywhere in the province, 1-866-740-4740. We will be right back. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Indeed, this is The, Char- the Garden Show with Charlie. The Charlie, <laughs> the Charlie Dobbin show. show. The Garden <laughs> 
<laughs> with Charlie Dobbin. And uh, yeah, so, so happy to be in studio mm-hmm. with you again uh, this morning. Fun. Uh, here at, Zo- at uh, Liberty Village. At the Plex. The, the Zoomer Plex. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. indeed. Um, I have to be honest. I have to say before we, uh, we I know we have a caller on the line, but I, uh, I have to say I haven't done my tomato seeds yet, which I oh. said I was going to do. And I know I'm still in good time, though. I yeah, get... not a bad thing. Okay, good. So many of us start our seeds too early. So okay. my tomato seeds came up very quickly. Yeah. I have already potted them up from a little seed pack into a four-inch pot. Wow. And within the next two to three weeks, I'll be going up to another size pot. Okay. Before I can get them outside. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sort of kicking myself yeah, on yeah. that one. Yeah, and I know you told me that they don't, when they're seeds, they don't need light, right? They just no, need warmth. Right. So, so I know that when I get that done, I'm going to put them on top of the fridge. Sure, to get that bottom warmth. Right. And then as soon as they germinate, as soon as there's a little tiny bit of a sprout above ground, get them into the light. Get them into the light. Yeah. Okay. Okay, we are going to go to uh, Mike in Dorchester. Welcome to the show, Mike. Uh, how are you? I'm in Snowfield, Dorchester. Oh, my. Oh, good to know. It, yep. Anyway, um, Saskatoon berries. Yes. I got these bushes that I got out in um, Saskatchewan. Nice. They're now getting well over eight feet, too <laughs> tall to try and get the berries off. Mm-hmm. Um, can I do some severe pruning to get them down around six feet and then let them just start branching out again or how to approach it? Uh, you're right. The question is when. If you prune them now, which you could do, you will obviously be removing some flowers because the buds are already there, the flower buds, which means you'll have less fruit this year, but you will bring them down to a more manageable size. The way, the, there's two ways to prune Saskatoons. They're also amelanchier is the proper name, and there's so, service berry is what we typically call them in Ontario, but Saskatoon berries is what they call them in Saskatchewan, uh, though they are diff- slightly different species. They're all the same genus. Yummy. Birds love them. Like, uh, you know... Um, you have to kind of fight the birds to get the berries before they can get them. Uh, so there's two ways to prune. If you give a shearing, meaning you just look at the shrubs, take off two feet off every tip, so down from eight feet down to six, you're not ultimately going to be doing the plants any favors. It's just going to get much bushier and thicker and not provide lots of berries. Whereas if you look more carefully at the structure of the plant, and, and look at taking out some of the older growth from the bottom, so maybe one of the big old branches that's the tallest, right down at bottom ground level, that will bring it down to six feet and will still allow it its natural form, which is a, a vase shape, um, like narrow at the bottom, wide at the top. You want it open, uh, open and airy and billowy so sun and air can penetrate between the leaves and give you lots of good berries. So up to you, but yes, you could do it now. It just means you'll have slightly fewer flowers, slightly fewer berries this season. Well, I can get by with fewer berries. I um, seem to have heard somewhere that the growers cut back every third year. They cut back the third year's growth. Just like with blackberries, you cut last last year's canes and this year's producing canes will give you the berries but how can you tell three years from one year (laughs) well you can i mean you once you grow them enough you can tell because you you just get used to what they look like it's got more to do with the bark and the size of the stems but remember just like a little addendum to what you just said the growers are growing for maximum production of food or fruit or harvest Homeowners Mm -hmm. typically are growing for aesthetics. 
And if there's a bit of a bounty of a harvest, that's a bonus. But we, we think usually more about what the plant looks like. Uh, meanwhile, we're harvesting what we can. Growers don't care what the plants look like. It could be a dog's breakfast looking plant as long as they're getting lots of berries on it. So you better choose which you want to be there. You want to be a grower or a, you know, a hobby gardener, homeowner, having the tours come through, et cetera, et cetera. So choose whether you're pruning for aesthetics or pruning for production because it's different. Great. Thanks for the call there, Mike. Yeah, good thank question, you. though. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. I'm, I'm intrigued that uh, Mike says he's got so much snow where he I is know. because, of course, he, I mean, I'm, I, really I live much much more north, you know, in, in Collingwood, uh, like a few hours, a couple hours anyway. Huh. And, um, and we really, other than on the hills where the skiing is, we don't have much snow at all. So uh, it's all sort of gone well, away. So that, that intrigues me because, yeah, of course, he's, yeah. near, he's near London. Yeah, so, so I'm yeah. sort of. He said he was from Dorchester, and he yeah. said snow fields yeah. in. That's in what Dor- he said. Yeah, yeah. Right, I was cool. just intrigued by that. that surprised am, me a little. Well, bit. that's snow belt, though you yeah, also yeah. live in snow belt. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, numbers again: four one six three six zero zero seven four zero. Toll free anywhere in the province of Ontario. Uh, use this number: one eight six six seven four zero four seven four zero. Charlie, I've got an email as well. well Someone, do you see there is a caller oh. here? Oh, yeah. Having yeah. trouble with the mouse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Lordy. There we go. Yeah, there oh, we Marg. are. Okay, yeah, yeah. Sure. Okay, we can go take a call then. I've got, uh, I've got Marg from uh, Niagara. Hey, good morning there, Marg. Good morning, yeah. I just got kind of like a comment and then a question. Now, I heard you say about putting, uh, when you're trying to germinate seeds, to put them on top of the fridge. But my fridge has like a, a freezer unit on the top, and when I touch the top of my fridge, it's kind of cold. So oh, how, how does that work? That's a bit odd. Normally, fridges, there is that venting at the top. Usually, the top of a fridge, even with a freezer, is warm on top. So if that doesn't work for you, sometimes do you have an instant pot or any of those fancy kitchen appliances like a yogurt maker or something like that, heating pad, uh, I am lucky I have a heated bathroom floor. So just getting that bottom heat beneath your flat where your seeds have been planted will speed up germination. It, it just means they'll grow faster. They should still grow whether they're heated or not, but heating them, you get a higher level and faster germination. Okay. What about putting it on your vent, like your vent for your uh, like your vents? Because we got natural gas, so sure. can you, would that work? Would that be okay too? Except that's going to dry them out. Right, so you kind of oh, okay. want to keep then that. I better, get, I better move them. Yeah, so, and of course, make sure you've got some kind of either uh, a hood or a plastic wrap or something over your planting container, again, to help keep the moisture in. The okay, now, need- my question is preparing uh, my, my vegetable garden, mm-hmm. right? And uh, is it a good thing to get your soil tested? You know, it's a great idea to get your soil tested about every five years. Okay, I've never got it done. I went to a local um, garden center, and they have uh, like a a soil tester. Would that be do? Okay, so a home soil test. Okay, so you're bringing up a great question, actually. Soil testing is something that tells us a lot about the quality of our soil in terms of the nutrients that are available, the pH, the organic matter, et cetera, et cetera. If you've had no issues, your vegetable garden has given you plenty of great bounty over the years and and you're doing a good job being the steward of the garden by always adding more organic matter whether it's composted manure or triple mix or homemade compost as long as you're maintaining your soil 
always, always adding organic matter, you probably are absolutely happy to use a home soil test because they don't tell you very much. They'll tell you your potassium levels, your phosphorus levels, uh, your pH, and sometimes your nitrogen levels, and they'll only give you kind of a general sense of all that. So then you don't waste money on adding fertilizer you don't need, or you do go shopping for fertilizer you apparently do need based on your limited test. However, if you've got a bit of a history of problems, areas in the garden where nothing grows, or there was, um, you know, construction happened, or uh, there was a spill of some kind, then yeah, you want to get a real proper soil test, and you will send soil off to one of the accredited soil labs. You pay a lot more for that than you do for a home test. You get a lot more information. So it's just okay. a question. Okay. So, uh, and then my other thing is, like, uh, when I put in my plants, is it good to put a little bit of bone meal in or lime or something, or or no? Your test will tell you whether you should add either of those things. Both lime will lower your sorry, lime will raise your pH. If you don't know what your pH is, why would you want to raise it? And adding bone meal will add phosphorus. Again, if you don't know your current phosphorus levels, you don't want to add phosphorus. We have a lot naturally occurring here in our Ontario soils. So your soil test will answer that question better than I can. Even your home soil test will help you with that. Great. Thanks for the question there, Mark. Okay. Yeah, okay. And thank you. Yeah, sounds like one of those Good tests question. is a great way to get the dirt on your soil. The dirt on dirt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's true. Yeah. You know what? It's so funny. Years ago, um, back when Canada Blooms was a happening thing and, and it was just, you know, everybody was so excited to yeah. learn and, and share information. I used to do a, a presentation called The Dirt on Dirt. Mm-hmm. And I was lucky if three people showed up for my presentation yeah. because it was such an unsexy topic. Yeah, yeah. Nobody wants to talk about dirt or soil. Mm-hmm. It, it was like, you know, whereas, oh, Charlie's going to bring you, you know, the latest in container yeah. gardening or the trends for everybody this year. Was There'd there. be like 150 people. Yeah. But the dirt one, never. Or the soil one, Never. There was. It was just not, like I say, not sexy enough. Mm-hmm. But it, that has changed. I can say that in the last twenty years, there's a lot more interest in people recognizing. You know, you don't get great plants without great soil. Yeah, it all starts with the soil. Yeah, I know. I uh, my in-laws live in the Hamilton area. That a lot of clay, mm-hmm. and forever they are mm-hmm. putting topsoil in certain areas to try and make things grow. She. My mother-in-law has a heck of a time getting well, things to grow. You know, speaking of mantras, right, mm-hmm. regardless of what kind of soil, whether you've got sandy soil or clay soil or just, you know, <laughs> concrete soil, organic matter. The addition of organic matter with that's organic base. Mm-hmm. So what is that? Composted manure is one of your best. Um, peat moss is 100% organic. The homemade compost we make from coffee grounds or yep. banana peels organic. The addition of organic matter will help with breaking up that horrible clay soil that doesn't drain Mm -hmm. and allow drainage. Organic matter in a sandy soil will do the exact opposite. It'll help hold moisture so it won't drain so fast. You improve all soils with the addition of organic matter. Okay, so if we leave with nothing else today, it's organic matter. matter. Okay, Uh, we are going to go to uh, Mary now in Toronto, who's on the line. Uh, Welcome to the show. Welcome to the Garden Show, Mary. Thank you. I would like, good morning. I'm a first-time caller. Oh, Oh, fabulous. Okay. Welcome. (laughs) Welcome to the show. There you go, Mary. Those hefty garden wings. (laughs) Thank you, Charlie. I enjoy your show very much. (laughs) Good. Um, I would like to ask you a question about hydrangea. Mm Mm-hmm. I have three plants in my backyard. Mm-hmm. Last year, they gave me a lot of flowers. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I was listening to one of your pro- programs earlier, and you said that we should trim them. Mm-hmm. Is it time to trim them now? Uh, yes, it is now. Anytime within the next few weeks on a dry day. And do we trim them all the way to the bottom? Uh, the hydrangeas you have, all three of them are the same plant, basically? Yes. And the, the flowers same. are round, white or pink? Yes, they make, the flower was, the flowers were very beautiful, pink, white, and it was about three colors. Oh, nice. Okay, but the bottom line is they're round flowers, uh, yes. as opposed yes. to conical flowers. No, 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 they are like a cone. Oh, those ones. Okay, so that's, okay, see, that's important. We have to separate our hydrangeas. <laughs> <laughs> so, <clears throat> the ones with the really, truly round flowers are not the ones you have, but those are the ones that we cut back oh, to about two inches tall now, right down to where you can just start to see the little green buds, and they, they travel in pairs. So you take the, the all the stems down to a set of buds, and you make all the stems roughly the same size, and the plant grows back and blooms in June. The hydrangeas you have, on the other hand, are paniculata or PG hydrangeas. So they get the more conical flowers. And like you said, they start white and they go pink and then they can even go bright red as the temperature changes because they don't bloom till August. So you get your June hydrangeas and your August hydrangeas or, you know, early summer, late summer hydrangeas. Your hydrangeas, yes, you can do whatever you want in terms of trimming. If you don't trim them, they will get very, very large and you'll be mad at them for taking over your yard. So uh, feel free to do some some. Selective pruning. Again, it's one of those stand back and say, okay, where? how do I want this to grow? It, mm-hmm. it's, those hydrangeas can grow a meter every year. And many oh. of those hydrangeas want to be eight feet tall and eight feet wide. And if you've got room for that, that's fine. But most of us want to keep them more around five or six feet tall and wide. Okay. They were beautiful last year. <laughs> yeah, they're great. Yeah. W- nice hot summers is what they love. But I have to tell you, the year before, they didn't bloom at all. It was not as hot and sunny this, this and dry the summer before, but those paniculatas love the heat and hot the dry. and sunny. Thanks for the yeah. question there, Mary. And Thank you very much. Good yeah. luck with your hydrangeas. I am a hydrangea failure. Oh, I no. Need you can't be a hydrangea I, I, failure. I, I, I can't. I, I bought one a few years one. ago for my wife oh, yeah. for anniversary, yeah, and yeah. it's still, it's like about, you know, about a foot tall. But you probably bought it like at, when's your anniversary? May. May. So you bought one of those little, it was like an Easter or Mother's Day hydrangea. Uh, I bought it from a nursery. I didn't, yeah. It was outside or inside, do you remember? I think it was outside. Okay. Because there's, when you buy a hydrangea inside, remember that's a florist hydrangea, and if it doesn't thrive, don't kick yourself. Okay. Whereas if you buy it outside, then you're right. It should be a hardier plant. It should survive. Um, But yeah, I mean, it is a bit chilly where you are. I just flashed. Oh, right. When Mary commented that her hydrangea bloomed like crazy last summer, but not so much the summer before, there is a little addendum to that, which is that is true with most of our flowering plants. They don't necessarily all flower beautifully every single year. Right. Right. We get up years and down years. Mm -hmm. And that's true with the apple trees and the peaches that, you know, they don't. It's a living thing. Yeah. So they have a year of big bloom and then they tend to have a year of not so much. Gotcha. Okay. We have another caller on the line. We've got uh, Lorraine from Toronto. To. Welcome to the Garden Show, Lorraine. Good morning. Welcome. Good morning. Uh, Charlie, I have a strange request. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can hardly Won't wait. Won't be the first one, I'm sure. <laughs> okay, well, I have, um, I guess it's like a climbing rose bush. It's got to be more than 50 years old. It was on the fence line when we bought our house, 
And all it does is grow these suckers that go over the fence and no roses. And I've cut it right down every year, and I never get roses. And I'd like to know how can I get it dug out so I can plant something different. With a shovel. <laughs> Seriously? No, I tried to dig it out. Oh, but I see. I, the roots, my, I don't know how big the roots are. Like I say, it's 50 over 50 years, years old. and Old. So this is where sometimes you kind of look for that young, strapping young man who lives in the neighborhood who wants to do some muscle building or, you know, get bigger because people are bullying him. And you say, hey, I have an opportunity for you. You know, I got a son who's going to York University, so I could probably align him. He's 6'3". Yeah, he could come (laughs) up. Yeah, it's a 50-year-old rose. It's got a lot of roots down there. And like you said, they're probably suckers off the root, which, uh, you know, they they probably are flowering, but they're not uh, a showy flower. That's the problem. You're, you're not getting what you were hoping for. I've there. never seen Did a flower ever? on it in 10 years, and I've tried oh. to dig it out, and it keeps coming back. It's the suckers that grow over the fence, and I'm worried about people walking by when yeah. they're at work and ripping their face off. Or That's something. right. Very thorny. Well, because roses are typically grafted onto another rose. That's the, uh-huh. the, the point. So the roses in Ontario that were Ontario-grown were typically grafted onto what's called a rosa multiflora. Little tiny, tiny red and white flowers, single, only five little petals, single... Um, flower, um, single petaled flower. So not showy, but nice vigorous rootstock where your, you know, peace rose or Queen Elizabeth would be uh, grafted onto it. But you need to get that whole root out of there. It does become dangerous. You're right. Okay. Yeah. Otherwise, you could try poisoning it. What would I poison it with? <laughs> well, you'd have to wait until a few green leaves grow. So you'd have to cut it all back as much as you can. A little, little bunch of little green sprouts. Roundup or uh, the vinegar, you know, the herbicide that we buy in the, gross, the um, garden centers now is a vinegar-based. Yeah, base. I have some of that. Uh, follow the instructions. It will work, but it'll take a while. You'll have to spray multi-times, preferably right through to June and July, hot, sunny. And you spray onto green leaves. It won't kill. It doesn't kill through the bark. It kills through the leaves. Okay, yeah. thank you. I'll we'll try that because yeah. I don't have my strapping son here anymore. He's moved. <laughs> <laughs> Invite him back for Mother's Day. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck. Have a great day. Yeah. Good luck with that, Lorraine, and and have fun with your shovel and pick shopping. <laughs> I know it's so funny. Those sons, eh? You know, yeah. my son is really tall, mm-hmm. and like you are six three. Mine's like six four. Yeah. So I was like, Eve's trough, son. Yeah. Where are you? <laughs> we gave birth to you so you could clean That's Eve's trough. Right, indeed. <laughs> uh, listen, uh, give us a call. Four one six three six zero zero seven four zero in Toronto, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. We have to take a quick break, but we will be right back. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. He's absolutely right. You do have the garden show with Charlie Dobbin. Yes. And uh, I'm Dean Holland, and uh, always thrilled to be spending my Saturday mornings doing this. We uh, Before the show, we were talking about uh, boomers, Zoomers. <laughs> I mentioned my grandmother. My grandmother mm. was the one that really, really got my hands in the mm. soil from an early age. She was a... And uh, so lots someone. of good memories. Yeah, yeah. yeah. My yeah. grandmother was the gardener in my family, too. Yeah. Loved it. Uh, okay, we're going to Betty in Cayuga. Welcome mm-hmm. to the Garden Show, Betty. How are you? Morning. Yeah. What do you got for Charlie Once there, Betty? again, here I am <laughs> trying to ask you something. <laughs> okay, when do I cut back my butterfly bush? Wait until you see some green on it. Wait until I see what? A little bit of green, a little bit of green sprouts. With Wh- all this wind, I wonder if it's still there. 
Uh, well, if you don't see any little green sprouts and the weather has warmed up substantially and the, you know, the ground isn't really even totally fro- uh, thawed. We're still, right. it's a bit, it's a slow spring this year. It's been cold and don't rush things. If you're not seeing any green yet, stay calm. Some people will have just excitedly gone out to cut them back just on principle. I personally would wait, give it another couple of weeks. If you still don't see any green sprouts, buds, then cut them down to about six inches tall, and again, watch for the green to start. It, you know, give them another couple of weeks. If necessary, cut back again. But you're, you're trying to force them out of dormancy if they haven't woken up in six weeks. For now, just let them naturally wake up if they will. Uh, it could be dead, but butterfly bushes, you know, we have some years, with there's enough snow, they survive quite well. They're a zone five plant, so it's just a question of whether they made it through this winter, if they had enough snow and, uh, you know, protection that way called being patient right correct yeah, absolutely <laughs> don't so rush thank it you so much charlie thanks for yeah, calling thanks for the call there betty that's yeah. what i was thinking do it's patience people are chomping at the bit and I, I think we have to be patient for sure like like i think i mentioned i barely have crocuses up in my my yard and little bits of tulips green tulip, you know the leaves showing but i got Two thousand bulbs yet that I haven't even seen yet, so it's it's barely spraying at my place. Yeah. Forget rushing into early summer. <laughs> like, don't worry. Let's Patience. give it time. Give Patience. it time. Okay, we're going to Cambridge now. Uh, looks like on the line I have another Lorraine. Mm-hmm. How are you this morning, Lorraine? I'm very well. And yourself? Well, well. What do you got for Charlie there? I have a bougainvillea. It's about three years old. I have it outside in the summer and inside in the winter. Mm-hmm. The main stem is about four inches tall, and off that is. Um, Two branches, uh, about a foot and a half, with flowers on the each on the end of each, mm-hmm. and another branch about two feet. And at the end of that is another branch at right angles, and flowers at the end of that one. Mm-hmm. I know this is supposed to be a climber, and I it probably should be on a trellis or something, yeah. but I can't do that and move it around back and forth very well. But maybe um, you could tell. I wonder if I could cut off that right angled branch, yeah. put rooting compound, and make another little plant. You could, definitely. A couple of thoughts. One is perhaps you could get a little trellis, either plastic or bamboo or wood, that would stick right into the pot that the bougainvillea is growing in so that it has its own little... um, structure, something, you know, stabilizer right in the pot. So then when you're moving it around, it still is got something there to lean on and hold on to. Yes, you can prune it back and you should prune it because any right hand, right angle growth sounds weird. It shouldn't, you know, you yeah. don't, it shouldn't be there. The most flowers on it. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's the thing. If you're going to cut it back with the intention of rooting it to propagate it, you want a four to six inch cutting. So a tip the four to six inch tip. If there's more than that below, you're going to have to cut that off. Remove the lower leaves, remove the flowers. Rooting hormone, number two, preferably stem root for semi-hardwoods, into the water, into the powder, knock off the excess powder, and then into a moist media. So vermiculite, perlite, sand, soil, uh, and roots should go, grow fairly quickly at this time of year. You know, it should three, oh, okay. four weeks. Now it's, um, in, it's uh, in a East window, mm-hmm. it gets a lot of sun mm-hmm. in the winter, um, but the maple tree fills yeah. out in the um, summer, mm-hmm. and I put it outside in the same position. Does that sound good? It does. So you mean in the same east under the maple? Yes. <laughs> well, um, <coughs> excuse me, probably okay. I mean, it's better in terms of not having to water it twice a day like you would if it was in full sun. Yeah. So, you, you know, you've got to work with 
what makes sense in terms of your, your lifestyle. Uh, yeah. The more sun, the better. Is that right? More flowers. Could I put it in full sun? Yeah, you could, but you will have to either maybe put it in a slightly bigger pot or be prepared to water it when it dries out. You know, com- containers dry out quite a bit faster than in-ground gardens. Okay, and does it like to be pot-bound, or should it change the size? Uh, do uh, pot it up if you want it to grow bigger. You're going to have to give it a bigger pot, and now is a great time now in the next month or two is a great time to pot up plants, particularly if you're seeing roots growing out the drainage holes. Okay, thanks very much. Yeah, thanks for the question there, Lorraine. Okay, I have to take a quick break, but we will be right back. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Yes, indeed, The Garden Show is back, and uh, we're going to go right to a caller here. We've got uh, uh, Susan on the line from Burlington. Welcome to The Garden Show, Susan. Hi. Morning. Hi. What do you got for Charlie there? Um, I have a question about dish plate hibiscus. I think that's kind of the one name there. Hibiscus, they're out all year, um, and they're big. Yeah, uh, actually, they're, I think they're called dinner plate uh, hibiscus. So what it is, is um, it's a herbaceous plant. So it dies down for the winter, grows up from the root late spring, one of the last ones to emerge. But when they bloom in August, September, the flowers are the size of a elephant head. They're really, really big. Yeah. Yep. Now, my question is, I, I don't think I've been pruning them properly. I've got a lot of stalks some as high as like 12, 14 inches. Uh-huh. And can I, should I cut all those old stalks? Like when I start to see the little bits yep. coming up from the bottom, yep. should I cut all the old yes. growth off? Yes. Or am yep. I better to leave no. that? No, it's not, it's not going to grow. It's not doing you any favors. It's not pretty. And it just causes lack of air circulation, you know, a, a not a very attractive situation. Right. So with any of our herbaceous perennials, so herbaceous perennials, perennials live forever, but herbaceous ones are the ones that disappear all winter and show up in the spring, whether it's a peony or a hibiscus or a hosta or a daylily or a black-eyed Susan. All those plants, we chop them down to ground level in the spring and they start to grow up from the root in the spring. Some people do the chopping down to ground level in the fall. I'm not a big fan of doing that fall cleanup. I do it all in the spring. Okay. Okay. So take away all the yep. old stuff. Yep. And start fresh every year. Yeah, and the good, the good, um, a reason that's good that you didn't cut them down is you know where they are. Because like I say, (laughs) they are one of the last plants to show up. It's very easy to step on them in the spring because you don't see them. Everything else is up and they're not. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Every year I'm sitting there looking at them, wondering if they've died. Yeah. Yeah. So as soon as they start, and then lo and behold, they appear. Yeah, as soon as they start to grow a little tiny bit, get out there and chop off all that above ground stuff. Well, okay. they sound marvelous. Thank Good luck you with very that, much. Susan. Yeah, you just googled it. I did see a picture. I saw a picture. Yeah. They're like about a, almost a foot in diameter. Oh, yeah, those huge things can be. flowers. Everybody, like, what is that? That is yeah. crazy. Yeah. Okay, uh, let's go to a caller in Hamilton. We have uh, Roddy on the line. How are you? And Roddy, you're a first time caller. Ooh, yes. Yeah. Okay. Hi, here we how go. are you today? Wow, welcome there to the you show. Go. You got your hefty garden wings, Roddy. Yeah, oh yeah. Okay, what do you got for Charlie? 
I planted uh, two uh, maple trees, uh, red maples, uh, approximately five years ago, mm-hmm. and uh, they're about uh, eight feet apart. And uh, last year, uh, going into the summer months around July, they started to get this uh, white powdery mm-hmm. uh, on the leaves, mm-hmm. like a almost like a fungus. Yeah, it is. It's a powdery mildew, yep. Okay, does that hurt the tree, and and uh, what do I do to get rid of it? Okay, so when you say red maple, that means these are maples that have like a purple or a reddish leaf all summer, right? Correct. Right. So that is a form of a Norway maple called Crimson King is the typically the, the cultivar. So Correct. eight feet apart, you're going to have to choose eventually to keep one of those trees and cut down the other one. They're, you're, they're never going to thrive that close together. Okay. Those trees actually want to have a canopy spread that's as much as 50 or 60 feet across okay. in 25, 30, 40 years. So it may take a while. So as you're watching these trees grow, choose one. At some point, take down the other one because the closeness is partly why you've got the mildew. You will always have um, fungal problems, mildew issues when we have lack of air circulation. We have lack of air circulation when our plants are too close together. We see it with tomatoes. We see it with zucchini. We see it with trees. Um, Lack of air means uh, increased fungal issues. So that's the one to to be aware of. Otherwise, don't, don't worry about spraying or anything like that. It's just sun and air and wind that will help keep those trees happy and healthy. Great. Thanks for the call there, Roddy, and uh, good luck with those uh, yeah, with those trees. Yeah. Don't be a stranger. Uh, you know, when he said he planted them eight feet apart, I wondered if that's a common mistake that a totally. lot of us do. We, Too close be, to the because house. Because they're so small, right? Yeah, yeah. And we want to, we want to, especially if we have a yard with nothing on it, we want to fill it. Sure. But then it doesn't take too long for them to become too close together. We plant a puppy and we end up with a Great Dane. Right. 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 It's like nobody saw that coming. Yeah. <laughs> did you want to do a quick reminder about the digging? Oh, just, yeah, I did get something in the uh, mail. Remember, it's the April is call before you dig uh, month. So there it is on camera for anybody who is watching uh, on uh, on the web. It says, get the dirt on small digs. Right. So uh, it's Ontario One Call. Like Ontario O-N-E call.ca if you're doing any digging, any fences, any renos, any shed building, anything... Call before you dig. You will not regret it. <laughs> okay, gotcha. And, uh, yeah. wow, lots of Hort meetings coming up. Yes, so. it's that time of year. It's an exciting time of year. I love this. I mean, it's just so much going on. You know, we just got... Oh, I had my birthday last weekend, so for my birthday, I got a new bird feeder. So I was out there installing bird feeders and trying to get those cardinals to trying to get them out of the bush to come and visit me because they're so shy. Yeah. And uh, yeah, sort of very, it's a very fun time of year. Yeah, I was, I had it, I was going to say I'm, I'm all excited because we get to do our birthday lunch today. That's because of correct. course my birthday was the week before. We're I both, know. we're both Aries. Yes, we are. We are, I'm an end of March or an early April. We're both spring. Truly. It's and the so, best thing about yeah, spring. So we get to have our birthday lunch today. I know. And we are 10 years apart. And we are exactly 10, 10 years, years like to the week a apart. A decade. I know. Yeah. So speaking of birthdays, um, next yeah. month is Frank Proctor's birthday, just so everybody nice. knows. I had a nice chat with him the other day, and he sounded great. He's coming up for his 80th, 80th. birthday. It is 80. Yeah, month. I thought it was 80 coming <laughs> yes. up for Frank. Pretty that exciting. is great. Um, thanks, Dean. Remember, organic matter, and thanks for the word tilth. Tilth. Thanks, everybody, for calling and listening in. Thanks, Carlos. See you again next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740.
This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.